You're listening to Two Jerks, One Vote, and this time we're reviewing the Dream Crusher songs with Sam, also known as Lunkhead, also known as the Song Fight Fight Master. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Now here's how this thing works. We've won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We'll listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair, but you're not obliged to care. what do you say we do a recap of the uh, last silent advance fight? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Why don't you launch into it? Hey, Jerkatorium one. Woohoo. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? Suckers. Congratulations. Uh, I thought... <laughs> Thanks. I was really, you know, happy, happy, happy with Paco's song. So I was kind of thinking that might beat us out. And another thing about winning is, you know, we started this podcast sort of with the thought that we didn't really need to win anymore. And that I was thinking like, you know, we would piss off enough people over the course of these podcasts that, you know, enough people would be annoyed enough at us to withhold votes. But I guess that didn't happen this time around. No. So I guess, Somehow yeah. people still vote for us, even though we we say bad things about their songs. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty universally. I mean, even the guests on this podcast, we've, you know, roasted a little bit here and there, you know, pointed out things that we didn't like about one or another of their songs. Yeah, I think so, we're even handed in our negativity. Yeah. I'd like to think so. Yeah. Speaking of guests that we're going to harsh later on, this podcast, we have a fabulous, fabulous guest. Oh, wait, did you want to say anything more, Mike, about... No, let's just talk about our fabulous guest. All right, Who all right. Who is it this time? I'm, we I'm... have a super esteemed guest who is known far and wide as Lunkhead, uh, but his name is also Sam. He is the Song Fight Fight Master, which is a huge responsibility. He's an amazing guitarist a vocalist, and I think everything else, right? Keyboards, bass, drums, and other than his uh, eponymous Lunkhead band, with which he has won five out of the last seven song fights that Lunkhead entered, he's also in Marison, and Marison is a song fight champion and a Nurine champion. He's Mm. in Loyalty Day, which won seven song fights back in 2004 to 2005. Tiny Robots, which won four song fights in 2005 to 2006. Tinsky Robotnik, which is a song fight champion from 2006. He's in multiple song fight winners, Ken's Super Duper Band and stuff. And uh, also in Le Chic Sonique, Double Team Techno Dream, and Within Reason. And also, of course... Berkeley Social Scene, which recently won its 30th song fight with that uh, Doom with a View victory. The winningest uh, song fight band of all time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that isn't even counting things like, uh, you know, you can count as the 31st victory if you count Brisbane Social Scene or the 32nd if you also count Yardley Social Scene. (laughs) You've done your homework on this. 
I did. I did. Uh, You can find his stuff at Facebook, at songfight.org, at berkeleysocialscene.bandcamp.com, at neurine.songlander.com, or, you know, just type Berkeley Social Scene into the search field on YouTube and you'll find some awesome videos too. Oh, hey, you forgot one thing. Oh, I did? Creator of the Songfight Jukebox. Oh, yeah. Like the most awesome way to explore the Songfight archive. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So welcome, Sam. Hi, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That was all really nice of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> Did we forget anything? And you know, I forget a lot too. It's been a <laughs> long time. I've been doing the song fight thing for coming up on 16 years, 15 and a half years, I think at this point. So there's been a lot that's happened and uh, I certainly don't remember it all. So I don't expect anybody else to know it all either. Wow. And, and how long have you been the fight master? I think that's been going on about Four years, five years, something like that. I wanted to, to ask you about that a little bit. I imagine you monitor the forums. And, of course, the biggest thing is that you do the turnarounds. What all is involved in the turnarounds? It's a pretty manual process. I've chipped away at automating things where I can. First thing I did when I was getting started was I, you know, Spud was still involved. So I had him sort of hold my hands going through the process and I tried my best to sort of document every little bit of it. So at this point, I have a a Google Doc with sort of a script of, you know, posting the winner, posting the new title, posting the new fight. And I've got some tools that I wrote for myself in the jukebox. You know, the song fight code is very sort of circa 2003. So... It's a lot of FTP. It's a lot of text files that are formatted in certain specific ways. A couple things there are forms for, like posting the winner. Uh, you can go to a form and just you know type in the Fightmaster summary and click a button. So I don't have to do that part super manually. The biggest pain point, I think, for me, not to digress, but was downloading and uploading the songs. Since the songs are submitted via email, I started off doing what Spud had been doing, which was just, you know, monitoring the song Fightmaster email inbox and then downloading the files manually. Surprisingly, you have to rename people's entries pretty often. People don't get that right. Even people, you know, first timers, sure. But there are plenty of people who've been entering for years who occasionally slip up. You know, everybody has to type in the file name manually and that's just making room for people to get it wrong. Yeah. So I do have some automation there that will now pull the Fightmaster's inbox and identify the emails with MP3s and download the files and format the names the right way as much as possible. But it probably takes 20 minutes and it's still kind of manual and, and occasionally I forget something because there are a lot of steps. Uh, frequently I'll forget the very last step, which is that you have to empty out all the files where the vote data is stored. Otherwise, it says, you know, you've already voted. That, that probably happens the most. Yeah, I remember that happening now and then. It's, uh, it's usually just wait a little while and it it seems to correct itself. But no, it doesn't correct yeah. itself. It's you doing yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, either I remember or somebody reminds me and then I go do it. Wow. See, yeah, I, I always assumed that the turnaround was you just, you know, clicked a button on your computer or something like that. I, I don't know yeah. anything about computers. I just assume it's magic. That's so, the dream. I, I would <laughs> love I would love to get it to that point. I, first step for me was just sort of trying to get it all documented and reasonable enough that I could, in theory, you know, enlist maybe one, two or three other very trustworthy, diligent people to take it on if, if they were interested. And I think it's at that point, but it would be 
certainly a lot better if it were a lot more of like a, a wizard, you know, multi-screen yeah. dialogue <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But I haven't yeah. gotten there yet. Okay. The low-tech Songfight Web 1.0 site has served us pretty well for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm in less of a rush to change the website than just the administrative part. In the kind of early days, we used to be, you know, champing at the bit, you know, like wishing that the the turnaround would happen a lot faster. But nowadays, I think that uh, at least Jerkatorium tends to depend on that three-day lag. So, you know, whenever we know we're going to submit something late, we'll check the boards because you're also pretty good about saying, oh, I'm going to do it on time this time around or so. But yeah, it's uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, I actually I got very few specific instructions from Spud or JB. Uh, but one of the few things that they did say was that they, you know, it's important to them that there's still that sort of, quote unquote, air of mystery about exactly when things are going to update they didn't want somebody to come along and just make it so that it's fully automated and that right when the deadline happens, everything goes automatically. And for them, part of the quote-unquote spirit of Songfight is that unpredictability about, well, it, you know, the deadline has passed, but what's going on? Can I still send in a song? Like, what's happening? All that. So I'm trying to maintain some of that on purpose because that's one of the few sort of instructions that I got from them. Huh. I can't tell you how many times I've been like refreshing the Songfight homepage like, you know, ten times a day. Are the songs posted yet? Posted yet? Yeah, <laughs> Did I, we win? Did be, we win? Because of that, I, I do have some code that up you know, post to Facebook and Twitter. I was broken for a long time. I don't exactly know why. That kind of social integration is kind of fragile, and I hadn't really been paying attention to it. But it recently just started working again for no apparent reason. So those things post pretty shortly after I do the updates. Cool. All right. And let's see. Uh, controversial questions. Let's see. Ooh, good. Uh, where do the titles come from? Who's Deep Throat? You okay. <laughs> right. So the titles come from Deep Throat, which is a pseudonym, of course. These days, you know, I don't entirely know the whole legacy. It wasn't something I was involved in before I was updating the site. And, you know, when it was handed over to me, it was sort of like Deep Throat was at the time one specific person. But I've sort of federated that out. I kind of have like my own little Deep Throat network that I draw upon. And all the people in that, that network have sort of contributed a bunch of title ideas that I can so like, pull from. So like if a, if a safe house is compromised or something, you still have other right. <laughs> cells. <laughs> yeah. Deep, deep Throat is kind of like Spartacus or, or, you know, whatever. It's like we're all Deep Throat in a way. And yet no one is Deep Throat. So. Ooh. Okay. Uh, anonymous in every sense of the. the yeah. 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 That's all cool. Right. Okay, well, I mean, I'm going to ask a couple more questions then. Uh, so, Berkeley social scene, do you just go into your practice space every week and churn something out, or how does that work? Yeah, we meet up on Tuesday nights. We have a practice space that we rent in Oakland. The history behind it is that at some point, Glenn and Martin found out about Songfight, and uh, they started off with a friend of theirs doing, I think they had some kind of you know weekly jam night thing going already. Uh, and it, originally it was out of Martin's basement. So they started doing, I think, Zipline was sort of their original thing. And, you know, they're they're a little bit older than I am and, and a little older than Ken. They're, you know, they were married and they were having kids sort of around the time that we started doing this. So for them, they kind of have like this one night a week. that's like their sacred jam night that they get to do pretty reliably. So Ken started playing with them because he knew them already. And then uh, I got involved 
and we rented a place because Martin wasn't able to have people jam in his basement. I think he had a second kid, so that was sort of like, you know, no more super loud rock music in the basement, please. (laughs) So we got a space, and then it's been pretty much, yeah, Tuesday night for 10-plus years at this point. You know, when we started... We could go until one or two in the morning. Now we're 10 plus years older and, you know, we get tired by 11 or 12. Other than Glenn, Glenn works third shift. So for wow. him, it's like he's either taking a break from work or he's he's on his way to work. So he's able to stay up later than the rest of us. But Gotcha. It, yeah, so we just, we show up. Usually Ken has written lyrics in advance. Uh, once the title comes out, he gets to work. And so we show up and we start from Ken's lyrics in the title and, Whatever happens, happens. We've got a whiteboard. We chart the song out and we track everything. Ken had been the recording engineer for a long time in addition to playing drums, but he's handed that off to me for a little while lately. Nice. What sort of stuff do you do in post? I tend to do a fair amount. I feel more motivated about going in and editing every single vocal pitch that I don't like, basically. Nice. Uh, So like this last BSS song, The Dream Crusher, you know, Glenn went ahead and did the vocals, which was awesome. He sent me five vocal tracks and I just sort of figured out, you know, what I thought he was going for and tuned things up a little bit here and there. And there were a couple places, you know, so I, I, I sort of reserve the right to basically do whatever I want. Martin's a little chagrined because in a recent case, I just completely redid his bass track. He was a little like, you know, understandably kind of myth, but I sort of felt like there was one note in the verse that was a half step off from the guitars every time. And so I I sort of was like, uh, I can't. <laughs> There's certain <laughs> things where I'm just like, I can't listen to that. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do a lot. I've completely like, sometimes we'll be like, okay, this is too long. Cut this in half. Move this here. You know, even to that level of just sort of doing some rearranging of the parts and post. Very cool. It's been working. I think you guys have been killing it lately. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And and what about this uh, Berkeley social scene Paco del Stinko race? Is that actually <laughs> something you're conscious of? Uh, yeah, it was. I think at this point, you know, we got a lot more motivated when he he sort of took a break and we were able to gain on him. You know, notoriously for us, he came back right when we were about to catch up and has been unrelenting ever since. Paco's just, you know, a huge respect for Paco. He's super talented. Seems like a super nice guy. I haven't interacted with him personally a lot uh, as much as I would like to. I'd love to meet him and jam with him. But he's just like a machine. The guy is just unstoppable. It's amazing. So I don't personally have a lot of hope that we'll surpass him, but I kind of enjoy the sort of tit-for-tat pace that we had been going at recently. So that it was kind of fun. It gave us some extra motivation. Cool. Great. All right. Any more sort of questions or comments before we launch into the reviews? Not for me. Anything for you, Chumpy? Nah, let's do it. So first up, as usual, we've got Berkeley Social Scene. Just 
I'll start on this one. So you guys have some really sludgy guitars in the verse. And the verse is a little challenging to listen to. It's relentlessly dark, I'd say. And um, I think like having a, a sort of challenging verse definitely helps in getting the chorus to pop, because the chorus is really great. It's just sort of a cool feature of the song, is like you kind of grit your teeth a little bit through the verse, and then you get to the chorus, and it's like, ah, yeah, now it's really going. The bridge is also really good. Um, I think this is a nice departure from the, the normal BSS sound, and I guess you guys are probably inspired by the kind of metal-y title, I guess. Yeah, definitely the title and the lyrics that Ken wrote immediately just put me in the frame of mind of, of doing something kind of heavy and sludgy and metal-y. Actually, so I was a teenage metalhead. That was how I got started playing guitar. I cool. uh, was basically learning Metallica songs out of tablature books and Metallica solos and things. So I was into all that like late 80s thrash metal, Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, that kind of stuff. So for me, it's fun to occasionally kind of go back to that kind of heavy riffing kind of stuff. Yeah, that it certainly comes through. You know, the notes I wrote were, you know, it's like old time heavy metal. Really very skillfully does that style. I noticed Glennie's singing with a slight fake British accent. <laughs> I and, know, you, uh, hear it the, you hear it in the chorus a lot. Yeah, but he's really delivering the character. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's a theatrical and it's dramatic. I, yeah, I, I think did he's, think... Oh, I think he's ahead. channeling some Iron Maiden or something there. <laughs> That comes up later in my notes too, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, the the chorus I thought was not really like rousing or rallying, but that's fine. Also, the song I thought was a little uh, simple, like I was waiting for the synthesizer to start doing something different, uh, and or maybe some some drum fills. But this song is like all about the guitar work and the vocals, both of which are performed. I thought you know perfectly for this song. I thought it's all you know very very well done and well performed. But if I had some genre bias. And like, if I weren't quite as excited about um, Iron Maiden as I was in the mid '80s, then this song might not appeal to me quite as much as it would have, like maybe 35 years ago. But yeah, still, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it did what it set out to do really, really well and really, really skillfully. Who yeah, played I think the solo on this one. It's definitely a genre play for sure. Uh, that's me playing the solo. I oh, nice. Uh, usually with solos, we either have somebody play it live. Glenn likes to do the solos live when he does them, or sometimes I'll get him to overdub them at the space. If we don't get it done at the space, then you know whoever's mixing or engineering afterward, which is usually me, will overdub a solo. I had a little fun doing that kind of tapping, wanky kind of stuff for a minute. It was it was good. It was really effective. I liked it. I liked that. I liked that a lot. And I, I'd assumed that Glennie did all of that stuff. So, you know, I've, I've seen you doing live guitar solos at Songfight Lives and uh, just blew me away. But uh, but yeah, I guess I just automatically sort of default to assuming that Glennie does that. But you do it, too. Yeah, I think it's probably three to one that he, you know, he does the solos a few times more than I do. He's a lot more, I guess, of a guitarist. I wouldn't necessarily think of myself as just a guitarist. Not that he does, but from what I can tell, part of what he's in it for is to shred the guitar for me that's just one thing i like to do all kinds of other stuff too like if i don't do that it's fine so i tend to defer the solos to him all right cool. and anything else for this song now what do you say we move on to clavicle all right motherfucker don't you know who i am that's right i am your nightmare and your wet dreams too heavy on the mic i do what i like and I am coming for you, coming for you, I am the dream crusher, 
Work in our notes. Huh. I had MC Hawking. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. of MC Hawking too. Yeah. I had I had the flying lizards. Hmm, I don't um, know them. Oh, they're from before you were born. Probably it's like forty <laughs> years ago. So like they came out in uh, I think seventy nine with a cover of Money, which is probably what they're most famous for. But we had some friends who were okay. You know sending around copies of some of their other songs too I'm, so I'm, yeah i'm curious now how old you think i am like ballpark <laughs> <laughs> it's impolite to guess sure but you know five-year range i'm just curious i'd say uh i'll say 30 oh wow okay thanks i'm 42 oh my god okay yeah yeah that makes sense we you know we always tease micah about how much younger he is than us too and i just kind of put you in the same sort of category but actually if you've been doing song fight for 16 years then yeah i should have added a couple of years onto that eh, there's um, there people back in the day there were people who were starting doing song fight when they were like 12 or 13 or something like drew tate's that guy he's i think he's like 30 now but he started earlier than i did wow Right. Wow. The guy from Paradox Falls is probably pretty young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so right, who knows right, where we'll... he'll be in 30 years? <laughs> Sorry for the digression. Right. Oh, no, no. This is this is all good stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, okay, so Clavicle. I thought it was interesting and kind of fun. Such a bad 80s drum machine <laughs> and bad 80s synthesizers. You know, it, it could be innovative, what with the vocals and everything. But again, I thought Flying Lizards already did this sort of thing 40 years ago. And I'll, I'll say it, the most compelling, the most engaging, and the most challenging part of any song is going to be the vocal performance. So outsourcing that to your computer is a good way of like stripping away a bunch of soul and character. If that was the whole point of this, then fine. But again, it's already been done before, and it's been done better. It's That stuff was going on 40 years ago. And this, I don't think, really uh, builds on anything. So I didn't hate the song, but it, it wasn't one of my tops. I tell you, yeah. I, I, I get a special thrill whenever a synth voice curses, like an MC Hawking's Kill the Creationist, I think it is. He says, I'm going to stick my dick in the mashed potatoes now. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But so, yeah. With, with him there, you know why it's a computer voice. And you, right. know, like, you know why the, the cursing is funny because it's just a contrast to his real persona. So there's, there's like a reason for it. It's not just happening, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the I feel like MC Hawking did it a lot better. Like it's hard to yeah. get all of the syllables to land right where you want on the beats. You have to cut and paste pretty accurately. And I feel like they mm. got seventy percent of it right, and the other thirty was a little bit sloppy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I would say I don't know about the Flying Wizard, but I feel like I've heard the same song or same kind of thing done in song fight certainly many many times and you know it's hard not to compare to mc hawking uh there was also somebody the eclectic spoons had a, his, his quote-unquote singer was that was cynthia size which was this synth vocals <laughs> cool and you know i think he did a good job doing that this one for me doesn't quite land maybe it, i'm just comparing it to those things too much but um i thought it was just okay 
Yeah. You can do other stuff with synthesized vocals too. I mean, I, I really liked Novox the Robot. You know, I oh, thought yeah. some of those old, old songs from Novox the Robot were good. And come mm-hmm. to think of it, you know, now, now that I'm spouting out about it, I, I mean, there was a real big missed opportunity because there was a male voice and a female voice. If they tuned it, then it could have been a duet and it could have had harmony. Uh, yeah. Sort of male, male, female harmonized duet vocals. And right. that, that missed opportunity. Next time. I did like when the female vocal sort of took the lead, and maybe if they had kind of played them off each other more, that would have helped. And I also liked the uh, the synthy bridge part was actually probably my favorite part when there was no fake vocals at all. I liked yeah. that part. All right, what do you say we move on to Cody Walker Jr.? So Cody Walker Jr. has been submitting songs for a long time. Do you have any insights to him or do you know anything about him? I know he's won several times. I actually do not. Let's see, he started in 2012. Nope, no idea. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I've come and gone from Songfight a bit, so he must have been winning when I had my head turned. This is what we need Navius around for, just to be able to like phone a friend and be like, hey, what's the scoop on this guy? He knows, he is like the human songfight encyclopedia. He knows all the history of all these people. It's amazing. Is that Nivius you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my notes say that this needs a singer with 80s hair to sing about teenage angst in a coming-of-age <laughs> film. That is the first <laughs> the first line of my notes. There's no vocals, and it took like three minutes and 30 seconds to get some variation on a theme. And yeah. I feel like it got kind of old fast. Yeah, I, I put down this should have been two minutes because, you know, it, it's like a demo of an idea for a song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always going to come out against instrumentals. Like for this one, you know, w- what makes this song the dream crusher? It sounds maybe too nice to be something that would be called the dream crusher. I don't, I don't get any sort of connection. This is a fine, maybe unobtrusive instrumental, but uh, there isn't anything really bringing me to it. So, you know, I just, yeah, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm just not for the instrumentals. I think it's uh, just like I said with the last one, the, the vocals are kind of the most engaging and challenging parts of any given song. So if you're just going to forego them, then yeah, it's going to be hard to keep my interest. Yeah, no vocals, definitely, no vote. Definitely a tough sell in general. And then when you're trying to, quote unquote, write a song for a title and it's an instrumental, it's an even harder sell. Yeah. All right, what do you say we move on to our friend Lycanthroat? Thought about what if things had been different If I'd got a degree in English, not engineering Moved to Seattle, not to Albuquerque What would my life be like right now? Would I have done something greater? Would I be living on an island in the future sound? Would I have fallen? Would I be a different man? When I was 27, these things bothered me. You may wonder if I settled in complacency. Two jerks, one lichen throat. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I just want to say hooray for some real guitar on this one. 
I'm going to say hooray for some real tuneful singing, which, or at least more tuneful singing than we usually get from Lycanthrope. I was kind of shocked, you know, listening to it and then hearing him hitting some notes. I, 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 that sounds mean, you know, <laughs> but I, it's not wrong. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, yeah, I actually, I still feel like I would have loved to hear a stronger, more, more present melody. Personally, I still felt like, you know, picking the tune out of what he was doing was still difficult for me. Yeah, I, I, I think I was just comparing it to his other songs, which, yeah. you know, is is a pretty low bar when it comes to tuneful tunefulness in the vocal performance. So you're right. I like that this song was about lycanthrope. <laughs> like I feel, you know, not about a character that he wrote about. This is like, this feels like this is really about lycanthrope. Yeah, it's a I good find change. Him to be a compelling character. Yeah. I like that part other than sort of the the meta part. I get turned off by the meta songs where it's about I'm writing a song or I'm doing song fight. I know that was just a, like one small part of what he was talking about, but that part didn't work as well for me as when he was sort of talking about his life. Although the autobiographical stuff started to feel more like just a list of things than telling a story, which was also a little challenging for me. Yeah, a lot of his lyrics tend to be story or issues or, you know, like like Wikipedia. And I think that's all fine. These lyrics I thought were fine, too. Uh, lower stakes than a lot of his other lyrics, though, I think. If you know what I mean by lower stakes, you know, in yeah. other songs he's talking about... Uh, right. social issues and he or he's talking about some scenario these uh set up with this it's you know trying to figure out the best use of his time with that. and that's all valid just uh yeah it just seems like uh, less pressing maybe yeah there's less urgency than we're all about to be killed by a volcano or yeah. <laughs> for example um dan one thing that kind of stood out to me was that i couldn't figure out the timing of the song i couldn't really tell if the drums and the guitar were playing in the same time signature i felt like rhythmically things were really hard for me to decipher as well in this one i was sort of making the assumption that he was playing guitar like actually playing guitar more than usual and that it would just get out of time a lot Okay. And it was just very, yeah, I was just going with the thought that it was a 4-4 four, four, and that it was just falling apart, maybe in sort of repeated sections of recordings that he would repeat. So, yeah, that and that was that's hard to overlook in this yeah. song. Those yeah. off-kilter rhythms can be kind of charming, though. It reminds me of that Olympia band beat happening. <laughs> I don't know. You, you must be thinking about their live performances. I think they completely intended to be on beat. They just you know, <laughs> they just failed. Yeah, that that beat just wasn't happening. So. <laughs> One other thing, somebody mentioned Captain Beefheart in the re review thread when talking about Tom DG's song, and Lycan Throat definitely gives me sort of a Captain Beefheart feeling. I watched one of those Vox videos about, you know, interesting things in music. And there was one about Captain Beefheart and sort of the process there. And uh, I think that really comes to mind for me, too. It's like I almost wonder were these parts conceived totally separately and then just layered on top of each other kind of a thing. Yeah, I... Lycanthrope's an engineer, I think. And I know that he, for a while, he would use some pretty primitive tools since he does all of his sort of sound editing on Linux. Oh, so, wow. So he uses Audacity 
and uh, he just recently started using this DAW for Linux called Ardor. Mm-hmm. And none of these DAWs have any of what Logic calls flex time. And I think mm-hmm. Pro Tools calls elastic time, where you mm-hmm. can just like put your mouse on a transient in a WAV file and just sort of move the transient to the where it needs to be on the grid. Yep. And, you know, it doesn't warp the sound or make it sound funny. I kind of wish that Lycanthrope would use his engineer brain a little bit to make sure that, you know, all of his timing falls on the grid where he wants it to be. But I think he's intentionally using primitive tools. I know that he also writes his music out in, you know, old school music notation, written Mm. notation, and then the computer converts that to MIDI sometimes. Okay, cool. All right, we'll move on. Yeah, what do you say we talk about Micah Summersmith? Beautiful baby boy Bright and blazing bold Jumping jolt of joy In love, in love with the world all around you Every moment a miracle The sights and the sounds all astound you But they're gonna pluck you like a rose Right from the garden They'll say the softest parts of you All need to harden They'll offer continents to conquer Crowns to wear If you give up the parts of you That feel and care They're gonna throw you in the dream crusher They're gonna pull you apart They're gonna tear you down They're gonna throw you around They're gonna break your heart They're gonna throw you in the dream crusher I got a vibe that he sounded sort of like a 70s singer-songwriter in this one, like a Harry Chapin or a Gordon Lightfoot or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brill building kind of vibe. Yeah. The song's pretty long, came in at over five minutes. I didn't mind too much, though. I was engaged the whole time. Like, this has good writing and dense rhyme schemes in abundance. And um, I liked all of that. My main complaints were just in the mix, and I've got some thoughts on that if you guys want to talk about what you thought on the song. I, I sort of got a bit of a musical theater kind of feeling, which gave me, unfortunately, a little genre bias against it. I thought it was really well put together. All the instruments performed, mixed, played really well, good instrumentation. I think mix-wise, for me, I just felt like the vocals sounded a little muffled, which was a little little distracting. And since there was just one vocal, no backups, I really wanted to hear that one vocal just be like strong, in the front, bold kind of sound. I'll admit that I'm biased towards Micah's stuff, uh, maybe in no small measure because... You know, we've, we've worked with them, and I, I feel like I, I kind of know his aesthetic. But anyhow, yeah, I admire the stuff that he does that I wouldn't do, like the stuff that I wouldn't think of, like when the chorus in this song doesn't resolve until the last two beats. I think, you know, Jerkatorium certainly, we would give that resolution a full measure, but uh, instead he kind of keeps you waiting for it. And I was thinking like, wow, I would never ever do that. And uh, that's interesting and clever. Let's see, what else? Uh, I thought the song had pretty good dynamics. I thought the earnestness works, and I liked the song the more often that I heard it. And like Chumpy said, it's a five-minute song. It's over five minutes, and that's practically unheard of in Song Fight, but I didn't even notice until I was doing the downloads for this podcast. I I don't think it drags, so yeah. 
I liked it. I tend not to go for the the slower songs or, you know, kind of the earnest songs. And uh, I totally get Sam's comment about the uh, theater. And uh, but yeah, I like it. So, yeah, my main complaint with his vocals is that they were just bone dry. And I feel like some reverb would have really helped, like, because vocals, they sit in the center channel, and without reverb, they just sound flat and lifeless, because they don't take up any space in the stereo spectrum. But, like, if they have a bit of a reverb tail on them, it sort of makes it sound like it's more in the space. And it also, like, I think having the ends of the lines, like, fade a little bit after you're done singing them and blend into the music just sounds musical and kind of pleasing. So... Like, this is pretty much a note to everyone. Put a little bit of reverb on your vocals. It sounds good. Yeah, I feel like a broken record about recording vocals, but it's just, I, I kind of wish everybody would want to go through a little vocal recording boot camp because there's just a few specific things that you probably should be doing every time. You know, pop screen, distance from the mic, like, you know, EQ off the low frequencies, compressor, reverb, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you should maybe just be doing that if you want it to sound good i was listening through that list for a passive aggressive attack on jerkatorium i didn't hear it did i is it mike did you <laughs> no, get we do all that stuff i, I didn't mean okay. it like that at all no, I, I was, yeah i was i was half kidding <laughs> <laughs> like i i have my vocal chain in just a in just a setting that i can just call up you know a vocal yeah. chain from a particular song and it loads up the vocals the compressor the reverb and all of that stuff so yeah, I, you know, I didn't know any of that when I got started and, and people like Ken and the people who were on the boards back when I got started all told me, you know, do this, do that, do the other. And I, I did those things and things did sound better. So, yeah, there's also that sort of, you know, that Hawaii hang loose gesture you can make with your pinky and your thumb. If you touch your nose with your thumb and then right. touch the microphone with your pinky, that's right. like a good gauge to how far away that you should be at the very yep. least. All right, what do you say we move on to Paco Del Stinko? Uh, my first sentence reads weird and cute. Yeah, my first sentence reads, yeah, 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 you. Uh -huh. <laughs> Which was was uh, one of the sets of lyrics that caught my attention. <laughs> I have, the dream crusher is you, in all caps. And it reminds me of that meme, all your bass are belong to us, where uh, the first line right. is, it's you. <laughs> yeah, I like this one. I like the backup vocals. I like the claps. It's very typically solid stuff, great guitar playing. The lyrics didn't do a ton for me. I thought they were fine. But yeah, very you know, Paco, super reliable. He just can do this stuff. It seems it seems like effortlessly. Who knows what's, if he's like slaving all day for d multiple days, but he makes it seem effortless. 
I thought there's a lot going on in this song musically. Like he moves between seven different chords on his guitar in the sort of a section of the song where most humans, I think, would just pick two chords and move between them. But he's doing all of this different stuff. And uh, I was impressed by that. It sounds like he's not like he's just doing his stuff. But, you know, when it, when I was thinking about like, wow, if I was going to learn how to play this, there's just tons and tons of stuff going on in the background. Also, that guitar stuff right before the very last refrain, I thought was amazing. And I would have loved hearing that throughout the song. You know, the guitar solo itself is fine, but that fill really got my attention. It's like there's this layered cascading notes, you know, right near the end before the last refrain. I just loved it. But yeah, that was really good. All in all, though, I I like the song. Maybe not my very, very favorite Paco song of all time, but I think it's a good one. Yeah, before we move on, I just wanted to say, Paco, if you're listening, I think your bass tone sounds flabby, so do something about that. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> One thing I noticed is that Miscellaneous Owl on the board said, you know, the timing is a little sloppy in places, and I think it would be less evident if you weren't playing with a robotic drummer. So I don't think Owl knows that Paco is actually playing the drums, too. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, he play- he does everything. So, yeah, that's a nice robotic playing on the drums, Paco. Your timing is excellent. Yeah, too precise. Get sloppier. I also have to call out the dynamics in the bridge. He's great at, like, quietly, quietly starting the bridge and then kind of building and building as he gets to the whole punchline of the song, which is the Dream Crusher is you. Pretty cool. Yeah, he's been, I feel like he's been doing a lot more with dynamics in the last couple months maybe than before, and I think it's been really great. Yeah, always trying to improve his techniques. I appreciate that. All right, next up we've got Paradox Falls. You want to have a famous life, but the probability is against you. All the famous people started out rough, but the bad ones started rough too. They call me DC, because that's who I am. For me, I would say this song is quintessential song fight. This is song fight in a <laughs> nutshell right here. This, you know, this is 90% of what you're going to find in the archives is, is sort of embodied by this song. Right. It's, Was uh, that self-loathing? What, 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 what did we hear there? <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think that's part of what's great about song fight. It's amateur. The, the kind of the DIY sort yeah. of, a, I'm going to give it a shot, give it my all sort of a thing. Yeah, totally open. You know, anything goes. I don't know how I did this, but I wrote more about this song than all of the others. <laughs> <laughs> it starts out wow. with my note is just inst, 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 inst. <laughs> <laughs> I love the backing track. It's like that ominous synth arp. And some of the lyrics, they're, they really stick in your head a little bit. They're just delightfully weird. Like the one that got me was, you want to be an astronaut, but you can't because you're colorblind. You right. want to be a farmer, but there are no fields where you reside. So those are pretty <laughs> wildly divergent dreams. And there's also a line about optimists thinking that they're better than everyone else. That may be true. Huh. And the chances of you becoming famous are slim, which I guess is definitely true. And I don't know, I also liked in the chorus, like where the drums just pound. They're like, dun, 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 dun. I don't know. It's it, the, the chorus is pretty exciting and pretty crushing. For me, I like 
the lyrics probably the most of any of it. I found that super pounding reverb snare in the chorus to just be a little too hard on my ears, unfortunately. I couldn't hang with that through like the whole song. Yeah, that's no. the crushing part. This guy I, can definitely also, I think, listen to our notes about microphone placement. Oh my god, yeah. The vocals, <laughs> yeah. the volume is all over, they get distorted, there's plosives, bursts of air, yeah. That pretty much killed it for me, unfortunately. The kind of stuff that we admire about this song, if the same sort of quality issues were present in a Berkeley Social Scene song or a Paco Del Stinko song, we would think that you'd, you guys had had a stroke. You know, it's... <laughs> It seems to me like I'm guessing it's a physical proximity to the microphone sort of issue where it varies a lot and that causes these yeah. big volume <laughs> problems and recording quality problems. And it's weird. It's on both sides of the spectrum. Like the proximity effect yeah. just distorts too the far, shit out of the close. mic. And yeah. then sometimes yeah. he's so far away that the mic can barely pick it up. It's it's impressive. This is somebody but, who needs to just hold the mic in their hand. Don't don't put the don't have a stationary mic for this person, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, didn't they listen back to it and notice that, you know, this sort of issue? It's like, I, I just don't, I, I don't get it. Like, why didn't they listen back and do a second take? Well, you know, I, I, you know that's, that's, how can you ask yourself that? I mean, you'd be asking yourself that every time you listen to Songfight. It's like, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's people, it's, it's the whole spectrum. It's people for whom they haven't even gotten there yet. Right. Like, yeah. I think they, for some people, just getting a song done is a huge, amazing accomplishment yeah. that they never thought they could even do. Yeah. They're like, that's me. I did that. That's amazing. You know, wow. that's great. Uh, I'm not going to listen to it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to this song like three or four times. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So there's the vocal recording quality problems, and then there's the background music, which I thought is not amazing, but it yeah. didn't have to be because the focus here was the lead vocal performance. And I think that's why the vocal track problems are such a big deal. Really, though, I mean, if I try and imagine this song without those quality problems, it's got a good melody, you know, really interesting lyrics. But I don't know, like, I still thought it needed a little bit of something more, like something more to fill out the chorus. I think there's a good song in here somewhere, but I just need so much work. Yeah, yeah this, I, I would compare this favorably to Clavicle, for example, right? Like, I'd... Re I'd actually rather have the issues with the vocals, but at least the singer is just going for it. Totally just, going for the it. The attitude is totally there, you know, and that's, to me, that's even more impressive com coming from somebody who's potentially, I don't know, eight to 14 years old or something. I'm not really good at judging young people's ages, but I think, you know, promising start. I'd be more inclined to want to hear more from this person than maybe Clavicle personally. Yeah. I also and thought I'm, that like just some editing would help a little bit too. Like it is pretty long, but if yeah. like there's this line that goes, maybe I should stop crushing people's dreams. Maybe I should start doing something good, which repeats like three times. I think two repetitions of that would be good. And like the end chorus is doubled at the end. I think just cut one of those out. That would bring it from like four sixteen down to three thirty, which is totally a reasonable length. So. Mm. There's a lot you could do. I think if we were to really polish this pretty well, it, it would be an enjoyable listener, at least a fascinating listen, uh, considering how good those lyrics are, or at least how interesting those lyrics are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that makes me think about something else, which is that I'm way, 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 way more mindful about the runtime of a song and song fight than in general. For me, a four minute long song fight song, you know, I'm trying to get through 10 to 15 songs and 
I personally, for my songs, for BSS, I sort of feel like four minutes is probably pushing it. Yeah. Um, we usually try to shoot for less. I think, you know, you, you got to really have something very strong to get four to five plus minutes of somebody's attention in this context, I think. I tried to imagine myself as the song fight voter and, you know, not wanting to irritate them, wanting to kind of catch them right away so that yep. they keep listening and don't just, you know, go, I can't hear that, you know? Yes. Slow, long intro is also a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Not that well, I haven't done that before. Oops, <laughs> but sometimes you can't help yourself. Yeah. You know, Jerkatorium is very conscious of that. You know, if we have something that starts butting up against for the four minute point, we usually back off on something or other. Yeah, cut but, the bridge, shorten the solo, like only repeat the chorus once at the end, try to yeah. find something to make it fit. Trim the yeah. fat. That's yeah. that's something I do in post with BSS is try to trim the fat. When we're doing this stuff live in the room, it's, it's really hard to tell because we're just playing the song. It's hard to have objectivity about as a listener. Is this too long? Like, should we have done this two times? So I think it's a lot easier to, to get a sense of that after things are kind of done. What do you say we move on to? Step aside. Stop scaring me. I know you hate yourself for it. Take a step and breathe. I hope you ain't from this moment. I'm a monster. I'm a monster. talk too much about the song other than to say that it's good but this guy is totally totally cheating like if you look at the id3 tags on the mp3 the song is actually called not another step and it was encoded in january of 2018 so eh, oh nice try <laughs> uh, oh. yeah so i have to confess i don't police this stuff very hard obviously <laughs> um you know i try to do some kind of minimal checking but i'm i'm a little more inclined to just Unless somebody is really, really giving me a hard time, I, I'm inclined to just sort of let things slide. You know, typically, if somebody does this, probably they'll follow it up with winning the fight. A lot of people will come vote out of nowhere. And then most of the time, they'll just go away. So for me, it's like, eh, you know, kind of annoying, but not a big deal. They're not coming in and sort of monopolizing things and making it not super fun for people. So, you know, it's unfortunate that I dropped the ball here, but... I'm not necessarily going to go so far as like pulling it or nuking their votes or being heavy handed, that kind of stuff. I, I, I guess I'm sort of a lazier and be more lenient and more kind of just thinking that um, it's just about people posting their music and other people listening to it. And maybe I don't take the contest part of it as super seriously as I should a lot of the time. But but the, um, the prizes for winning are so amazing, though. <laughs> the stakes, man. The stakes. And, it, and it'll only happen one time and then never again. <laughs> <laughs> the song's great though. Like, oh my god, his yeah. his his uh his work with backing vocals and harmony is just fucking yeah. amazing. Well well hold on, I'm sorry. Very I'm solid. sorry. Matt, 
back up a little for the the people who again think that computers are run by squirrels who are running around in there. So January 2018, the file was generated the or... mp3 file so one of the tags in the mp3 file is when it was encoded to mp3 oh. format and it's got a i didn't date even know there. that so yeah so... if you look at it with a linux tool that that yeah. tells you all the id3 tags the only reason i even bothered is because von vorten in his post uh, in his right. reviews noted that it had a different title in the id3 tags yeah which made yeah. me want to go look at it yeah all so... i do is i you know i have my downloader for the submissions and then I go and I just like preview each one in the finder in the mac os and that just shows you know title artist album it doesn't show everything and you know people do all kinds of random stuff in their id3 tags and so it wasn't necessarily a big red flag for me that the title wasn't in the in the id3 tag rather wasn't the same as the fight title unfortunately Right. I do all my listening from the website, so I most I hardly ever see the ID3 tags unless I download it and because I yeah. want to keep it or something. So then necessarily what happened was this this song was recorded and bounced and generated a year ago. Yeah. That's Oops. a bummer. Wow. <laughs> so I, I was kind of like listening to the lyrics to try and get Dream Crusher out of it. And honestly, yeah, the thing that bad. I'd suspected was that I couldn't help but wonder if it was originally written for the My Favorite Monster Song fight and then reworked for the Dream Crusher uh, Yeah, I fight. thought that too, yeah. Yeah, because it does mention the monster angle uh, a lot. So uh, I wasn't going to begrudge him for doing that if that's what happened, but if instead this is just something that he pulled out of his portfolio from a year ago, then that's that's not good, which is a shame because it's a good song. The guy's got a great voice. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he, he's done a number of other songs for Songfight, and they all sound like this. And surprisingly, none of them have won. That's what I looked at, too. I went back to check out his, uh, you know, the, the Songfight archive, and I listened mm -hmm. to all those songs. And they're they're all solid. They're all good. He's got a great voice. I'm surprised that he hadn't won before. Yeah. Um, I don't know. At this, Given the information about the encoding date, I may have to intercede, unfortunately. We'll see. There's no chance that that might be some error, like maybe the MP3 was, or like maybe his, his clock's wrong on his well, computer. I, for me, that just sort of comes across as like the the last in a series of small, you know what I mean? There were a few small things that I was sort of like, well, you know, maybe not a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that kind of is maybe bridge too far there. Okay. Yeah, so let's see. Looking at it, uh, here are the, the fields that were pulled out. Uh, the file is called stepside underscore dc dot mp3. The date is 2018-01-27. It was encoded by something called a uh, switch-free home version. Huh. And the original file name is 03, not another step. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. I may or may not do something depending on how things go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Basically, I have a feeling I'm he's saying, not going like, to win anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Every song fighter out there listening, get better at cheating. <laughs> Improve Please. your game. Yeah, because then you can win that prize. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, if if somebody starts like monopolizing the whole contest part of it, for me, the contest is like it's great when you win. You know, it's a good motivator when you haven't won before. And, you know, if you make a great song and you win, that's really satisfying. 
but there's just a lot of other factors at play. I think who the listeners are and who the voters are is, you know, technologically and and otherwise, it's a lot more mysterious than I personally would like it to be. So I think there's just variables in there that you can't really account for. It's not like I, I work so hard on this song. I deserve to win. Like you just, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you probably see the other side of that where you, you get all the IP addresses that voted and, you know, a bunch of them come from sort of sketchy places. Yeah. So that's one thing I have some tools for in the jukebox at this point. I have like a little vote dashboard that shows me like a graph of the votes for the different bands over time. I've got the list of IP addresses and the times, you know, time sorted. And I've got a little button I can click that will run all the IPs through. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be giving all this away. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can run all the IPs through a little super dumb geo lookup kind of thing and, and just try to get some rough sense of like, oh, these 12 things in a row all came from the same city. Like, huh, oh, interesting. Yeah. So you can tell if like Southern California happened to beat out Canada for a song or something like that. Something like that. It, I'm more just looking for like really blatant, obvious patterns of like, you know, 12 votes in a row with the same band and one other random band. Like that's a very classic sort of, you know, I voted for myself from 12 different IP addresses kind of <laughs> scenario. Because um, the stakes are so high. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm giving away stuff and it motivates people to, to spend more effort on their cheating, I, I think that that's really just kind of sad. <laughs> like, put that effort into your song, you know? Like, to me, it's about making music, uh, first of all. And if you want to spend time on it, spend the time on making the music. All right, on that note, what do you say we move on to Third Cat? I fall in love No longer see a path I can walk I Love the Mellotron. That was my first <laughs> note. I love Mellotron flutes. I was I was gonna say I blame Rob from Amersfoort for the increased incidence of the Mellotron in Songfight and Nurine and in Spin Tunes. Yeah. And yeah, we've I've, even used it. I've loved it for a long time. Yeah, it's just it always adds a great texture. Maybe not always. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think a good judicious use. Because, I mean, like, when we were looking around for a, a good sound for We Should, I eventually landed on the Mellotron because I was thinking, like, okay, this is one place that we can use it. But normally I wouldn't think of it at all. It's not something that I think is, like, in our stable. You know, it's not in our in our arsenal, really. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's good for more... Um, atmosphere. I feel like your guys' songs often are are very fast paced and like high energy, where it maybe wouldn't would be a little out of place and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, I blame Rob. I wouldn't have been thinking about it at all if it weren't for him. 
Third Cat uses it really well here. It's like in the left ear and it's balanced in the right ear by his sort of twinkly, pretty electric guitar sounds. Um, and he gets this cool kind of laid back, dreamy vibe from it, which I really like. Yeah, I I really love the groove in this song, just with the bass, the drums and the claps all together. It just creates a really great feel. It's amazing how the guitar solo is super contrasting too to that like laid back feel. It's all like sharp and angular and a little bit dis distorted. So good contrast there. Yeah, uh, this is the first one that I want to vote for. I really like the chord progression. One thing with Third Cat for me is that I, I really want to hear his voice just raw, and this time it sounds less processed than usual. So I was I was really liking that. But so, sometime I'd love to hear it just like bare and unprocessed and just see what that's like. He does have some more prominent backing vocal tracks on this one. And I think that they're all artificial and I don't mind that at all, but I think that they are all sort of, you know, artificial pitch tracks in the background. Like hard, hard auto tune to the perfect tone you mean, or. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jerkatorium does that sometimes and we call them robo chump tracks right. and, uh, basically, you know, chumpy will do another, uh, vocal track and I'll take that and I'll tune that to a harmony and we'll, you know, put it lower in the mix and uh, just to have some sort of an extra kind of a, I don't know, right. little thing there. But, uh, but it's yeah, like adding flour to fat. It's a thickening agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done that with BSS on occasion too, yeah. For that kind of stuff, I have a very, you know, sort of ends justifies the means attitude. You know, it's like it doesn't bother me that that stuff might be challenging to perform it live or something like that. Sort of whatever gets you the sound you want is fair game. Which uh, probably contrasts with Berkeley social scene a bit and, and Marison and stuff like that. I imagine that there's probably very little that you guys do that you wouldn't be able to perform live. We do try to make it so that things sound live. I think that's just sort of a style preference of mine and Ken's and Glenn's. And I think at least with Marisan, we've definitely done things that would be difficult to play live, at least for me, mostly just because they involve me doing a lot of things at the same time that I can't do at the same time. Even the things I physically could hypothetically do, playing the guitar, singing the backups, uh, I, I'm not actually capable of doing it when I try. You know, I, I'm still challenged by playing and singing at the same time a lot. So definitely we'll do things that are probably, you know, if we wanted to pull it off, we'd have to have 12 or 15 people in our band. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Jerkatorium, too. We we have lots and lots and lots of tracks, and I can't play both a clav and a guitar at the same time and sing. So backing harmonies with four different voices. So, yeah, no, I get that. But oh. still, I mean, it, it, it all sounds performed. Um, here, uh, I, again, I, I like what he did with his vocals, but I think there's probably a little bit of artificiality in it. Uh, but I still like the song. You know, it's uh, it's got a little bit of Strawberry Fields in it. It's uh, it's nice. Yeah, I thought that outro for some reason reminded me of the uh, the man who sold the world. I got kind of just a bit of a Bowie flavor off of that outro of his, which I really liked. Yeah. The next time you talk to Deep Throat about an optional challenge, I think hand <laughs> claps got to be it because everybody's oh, using that. hand claps in a great way now. So I feel like we need we all need to participate in hand claps. I think we did that one already but certainly we could do it again i mean hand claps are not very obtrusive so we could we could pop that one back up all right should we move on yeah let's see we've got tom dg or tom Diga 
or just Tom DG. I'm not sure which it is. I had a dream of a world without borders. I had a vision of life without walls. In Berlin I saw how the future could be brighter. Hope for tomorrow and love for us all. But in 2016 that dream died. We the people bought a lie And the men with the money and the suits and the ties And the newspapers are crushing my dreams again I'm assuming it's Tom DG. That's my thought too, I don't know for sure He didn't, people, <laughs> That's one thing that would be nice if people would provide like a pronunciation guide in their emails But generally they do not I like the way he delivers his lyrics uh, I, I love a British accent He reminds me of Johnny Cashpoint a little bit Not quite as sneery as Mr. Cashpoint, but sort of And I think like my main complaint about the song And this is a big problem, is it sounds like a karaoke jam that there's like a backing track and there's his vocals and it sounds like the vocals are just pasted on top of the backing track. Like sonically, the two elements don't live in the same world. And the guitar track in the background is just too far back and the vocals are bone dry and way too loud. And yeah. you gotta at least try to match the levels on things if you're gonna make it sound like it's one song. This is another please go to vocals boot camp kind of song. Yep. With me, it was, it was more kind of the the lyrics and the delivery, you know, the, the political songs are tough. Yeah. And like, I don't disagree with the message and the sentiment of this song at all. Like not at all, but it's blunt and it's singing to the choir and it's sloppy and it's poorly produced, you know, like give me an entertaining and or nuanced take. Otherwise, you know, I'm already getting this disappointing news, you know, on every network and on my phone, etc. So, so I had almost the exact same words that you just said in my head <laughs> for, the, for the part about political songs. I was like, political songs are tough, which I yeah. think is exactly what you said. That is, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Blunt, I said this is sort of too on the nose, which is it's hard not to be with this kind of topic. And I also said the, the exact same thing. And not that I disagree with the sentiment, which is hilarious. But, yeah, I think it's just it's really hard to be subtle about it, to say something that people haven't heard before or to say something that's nuanced you know if you want to be on the nose you can do that and you can kind of play that up for effect i don't know that that's happening here i think it was sort of played up only maybe a little bit like i think you could really crank that up and, and have it be more effective again vocal boot camp for this as well uh, but i did like the energy of the guitar i thought that like the singer had a sort of a good presence but i, I think your your comments about uh chumpy about the uh, blending the guitar and vocals are spot on. I would have done maybe two guitar tracks so that there could be like a left and right pair or something like that. I think that there's a video on YouTube that you can watch that shows you how to make a pop filter out of uh, like yeah. a coat hanger and pantyhose or something. Yeah. So, or maybe yep. a sock. So that could be something to look into. A pop filter would definitely help because those plosives are just yeah. exploding onto the track. You could you can go the DIY route, or there's plenty of off-the-shelf options that are reasonably affordable. Yeah, cool. All right, what do you say we tackle Vom Vorten's track? I saw you standing there, your eyes full of tears. They looked like shining stars. I'd had too many beers. You had been married, but it had come to an end. I saw opportunity. You only wanted a friend. You were 
keen to talk It was getting late I figured what the hell I was willing to wait I know you're special but I don't wanna rush you Cause you had your heart broken by a, a dream crusher And I know how that feels I guess I feel sorry for you Happy, up-tempo, bouncy, fun, catchy, hooky, poppy. Oh, my God. What is not to like? Yeah. 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 All of that, plus great lyrics, but some really pitchy vocals there. There are lots of spots where there are notes that you know that he's going for and not hitting. Oh, I somehow yeah, I missed that, too. That. I mean, I read yeah. that in some you're, of the you're SFBB not, not the comments, but I didn't catch that myself. You're Not wooed the, by the charm of that guy's... Yeah. Uh, it's the <laughs> English accent say, and his just charming that, boyishness. I can't. Not that I think that you're not correct. It's just like, for some reason, I was enjoying the song and I and I let those things pass. I didn't notice. Yeah, you get that heady merchant ivory <laughs> suave and you can overlook anything. Right? I got... I just... I was busy head bopping. Like, for me, just straight out of the gate, it was head bopping, you know, charming... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's it's also it it is head bopping and it is charming, and uh, you, so you don't mind the pitchy vocals so much. And I didn't either. You know, it's still a great song. I still liked it, enjoyed it a lot. Still definitely voting for it. Yeah, but, same uh, yeah. yeah, but I was still kind of like, oh wow, I would love to hear a version where he hits some of those notes. It'd be great. Yeah, for me, that's the kind of thing where I would be going in and just. You know, I, I use Cubase and Logic, all these things nowadays. The commercial products, as you guys probably know, you can go in and like literally just nudge every single note and it's tedious, but I go in and do that kind of stuff. <laughs> we do oh, yeah. too. Oh, I, oh my God. I had no idea. I was such a bad singer until I started doing that. Oh my it's God. Like yeah. None of my notes are fucking on the right pitch. Like none of them. Yeah. And to see the line that's like the pitch graph line where you're like, I can't even hold a note steady. Like, <laughs> even then when it's the wrong note, it's just like this wavy mess. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I scoop up to every fucking note yep. like a loser. Like, yep. Yeah. Same. Yep. It's been, it's been good for the songs, bad for my self-esteem. Right. <laughs> I just, for Songfight, I'm just like, I'll use anything like that that expedites getting to a more listenable product. I feel a lot more shameless in Songfight because it's just like, do I have time to do 100 more takes? No, I do not. I'm just going <laughs> to fix this. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Ryan's had to fix some of my terrible just inability to <laughs> to sing the lyrics with the timing that he wants. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to just massage the shit out of them to get them right. Yeah, I, I do feel that. bad for him. I do that for when things are doubled and it's like the S's don't line up or, or some like really obvious consonants don't line up. Sometimes I will go in and do the time stretching kind of thing to fix that too. Yeah. yeah. You definitely want doubled vocals to be crisp. Yeah. It's so hard. That's, that was another thing where I'm like, I am a terrible singer. I cannot sing the same thing the same way twice. That is just like, <laughs> what what is wrong with me? Right. Uh, you do all these tricks. Like I even have like a, just a synth melody playing the melody yep. line Guide in track. my right totally. ear and I can't do yep. it. Same. Yep. There's also something that, that you can do in Logic that will sort of automatically set, you know, some of these points to the same thing. And uh, we don't use that anymore because that's not how vocals go. Uh, right. But we it it, uh, it kind of messed up our uh, our track Ocean of Blood and uh, okay. 
And we didn't do it like until the very, very last second when Mike said, oh, we f- I found this neat new thing that'll that'll make everything right. nicer. And then we did it and it's like, you know, we didn't have fresh ears and we submitted it and we're like, oh, crap, this is garbage. Yeah. Right. This yeah. sounds badly quantized. Like, yeah. Cubase can quantize audio, too. And, and I <laughs> more confessions. I do that sometimes on like. If I'm playing drums, it's very loose, and so I will shamelessly try to quantize things. Uh, you know, Ken, of course, when he plays drums, it's it's pretty much on the beat all the time. Uh, he's you know had a lot more experience than I have, and is a much better drummer. But I will definitely not be afraid of using the audio quantize on my drums, or like if there's a tambourine track that's a little loose or that kind of stuff. But I I haven't tried it on vocals, and I'm not surprised. I would. I would definitely expect it to really make that sound weird. But back to Vom. Oh my God, this is so good. Like this is the second song that has a bit of a twist ending. And Mm. in Paco's song, the twist comes in the bridge where the dream crusher is you. And uh, in Vom's song, it's the very last line of the last chorus, which reveals that he is in fact a dream crusher too. And yeah. uh, what I what I really love is how the the penultimate chorus, the one before the last one, like everything drops out except the bass and the drums and his like doubled up or tripled up vocals, and it just doing that just makes it sound amazing. I don't know, stripping it down and when the last chorus comes in with everything, it's all built back up again and it delivers the final sort of like M Night Shyamalan twist at the end. Yeah, I had a note about that, too, that chorus where it's the two voices. Uh, That's so great. Oh, it yeah. just chills. Um, and yep. on the bridge, like, he's got some great backing vocals. And I tried to write them down. I have ah, 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 woo. I'm not sure how. <laughs> I can't remember exactly how that goes, but I remember that was great. We should demand everyone include their backing vocal, quote-unquote, lyrics or vocalizations <laughs> on the board as well. I'm sorry, I couldn't understand your Oz exactly, so no, no vote. vote. <laughs> Disqualified. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like this a lot. It's a, a, the other one I'm going to vote for. I just had a handful of nitpicky production things that aren't super important. But yeah, I, I think for me, the the one big nitpicky production, I mean, big nitpicky is a an oxymoron. <laughs> but for me, the most important production nitpick would be about panning i just felt like the center was was really crowded for me but that's minor interesting you got anything ryan not really just pitchy vocals great song oh yes 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 <laughs> uh, thank you vom vorton for letting that symbol ring out for a full fucking 15 <laughs> seconds that's yeah. not exactly what we were advocating <laughs> but it's better than cutting it too early i guess but he is Fucking with 15 <laughs> seconds, 15 well, seconds, letting a goddamn maybe, single. Maybe he out. knows he's going to be last, you know, alphabetically. So he's like, I can just stretch this out. Right? <laughs> Could be. Oh, my God. He has an unreliable narrator, too. Did, did you get the feeling oh, yeah. as you're listening to the song that maybe he's not such a great guy? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That was great. Yeah, but I also felt I, I felt kind of okay about his narrator it's like he wasn't like oh i'm a i'm a rake i'm a rogue you know it's like he wasn't it didn't seem like he was bragging it was more like uh i'm weak and i don't want her to know that i'm just as much of a dick as every other other guy that she's met yeah know? i think i think he walked that line really well yeah. yeah really well done gets my vote for sure yeah i'm you know i'm a big fan of um third cat i'm i'm really excited that they're very involved and they're submitting regularly i like their stuff a lot they're on the boards that you know, two thumbs up for those guys for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, you know, 
a lot of people do, but I think Third Cat, again, I, I'm always really impressed at how uh, innovative they are and how they tend to bring that to the table, maybe more than more than a lot of bands. And, I, you know, I don't want to compare that way, but I'm impressed by, you know, the kind of stuff that they do that to, to try and be different and bring something new to the table. I like it. I'm also a big fan of Micah's song this time around. Uh, just great songwriting. And having Micah on the boards, just ha- he has a lot of insightful comments about people's songs that I really enjoy reading. So I'm really happy that he's back and back in the game. Yeah, it's great to have some reviews. I do wish that we could get some other... I was lamenting recently that there's just not a lot of other activity or, or discussion going on on the boards like there used to be. You know, and I don't want to sound too like get off my lawn kids or things for better back in the, the good old days. But it's great that people are talking about the songs, the pre-fights, the reviews. But, you know, hey, everybody, feel free to talk about other stuff on the boards too if you want. Like, you know, whatever you want. It's, it's totally open. I got to start listening to some of the new Music Friday songs. Yeah, uh, it's tough. Gosh, the amount of music coming out is insane. Like 100, 150 albums every week. It's kind of interesting, but it's also kind of daunting and overwhelming, too, to even just try to dip a toe in that. But it's it's been kind of fun. Ken's been sort of motivating me to do that. I haven't heard the new Weezer album yet. I need to, I need I mean, to get that. It sounds like current Weezer. If you like that, it's for you. I haven't listened to Weezer in a long time, so I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm one of those cranky blue album and Pinkerton only kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be cool or hip. It's just I like those two resonated with me and and the rest have not as much. Cool. All right. Um, I think that's it. This is almost a wrap. Uh, Do you want to do any shout outs? I want to do a shout out to my lovely wife, Erin, who is an incredible music partner and life partner. Of course, I don't think I could get away with not doing that. Um, And to you guys, I really, really appreciate the podcast and your music and your participation it's awesome and to my bandmates and bss and you know our forebears bud jb everybody fluffy yeah the, the community i'll give a shout out to my husband andre thank you for all the love and support and patience and uh thanks to sam to lunkhead for uh, being an awesome fight master and doing all the hard work that now I have a little bit better idea of exactly what's going on with that as do all of our listeners now. And what about you, Chumpy? I just want to give a shout out to everybody who participates in song fight. It's great that there are more than five songs in the fights and that there's a bunch of reviews happening on the board. So just thanks to everyone for participating. This is like one of my favorite hobbies ever. So uh, keep on keeping on, keep doing it. Any sort of last comments about upcoming things? Like, do we know when the next Narayan is going to be? Do we want to try and find uh, more people who might be interested in hosting Songfight Live? Things like that. Uh, sure, yeah. I, I haven't heard anything about Narayan. I assume it's somebody who will emerge uh, next month and, and kick that off. But who knows? Nivius has been really busy, it seems like, with his band, which is great. And he's been running uh, a music night at the sidewalk for a while, which seemed really cool, too. So oh. I'm not sure how much bandwidth he has. Maybe he'll show up and, and kick that off. But I hope it happens again. I, I love Nurine, Huge fan. Aaron and I obviously 
basically like couldn't stop doing it until we won. <laughs> we're ready for a little, we're ready for a little break. So, but I'll definitely be an avid listener and uh, spectator of that for sure. Yeah, we we have a love hate relationship with Narine. I think we've generated some of our best songs through Narine, but we mm-hmm. kind of were annoyed occasionally by how the challenges tend to ruin the song. You know, yeah. it's like. Like this would have been a good song if we didn't have to include this one mandatory uh, yep. aspect of it. Um, but but still, you know, it's gotten uh, some some of my favorite Tricatorium songs are in there, and some of my favorite just general other people's songs too. Marison, you you just brought it. Oh, oh man, God. So you know what? Good. Our friend Brian, <laughs> we wanted him to listen to some of our songs for Narine, so we were like, hey, there's some good songs in Narine, and we have a really good one this time. And he just couldn't stop talking about how much he loved Marison. And I was like, <laughs> we had you're our friend, thing. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great time. The I think the electronic thing, partly we were just, you know, it was a burnout kind of thing. We're like, you know, and also, too, it was very minimally kind of a strategy, sort of like we've been trying roughly the same thing over and over again. Like maybe we need to take a different tech. But it was really fun to just do a whole different kind of process that was great yeah and i i feel like a lot of people have made really great stuff it's just it's so brutal it's so intense it completely eats your life for however many weeks or months but yeah i just i think a lot of us maybe i know myself the pressure just makes it so that i get shit done you know yeah old school song fighters come out of the woodwork for it too which is great yeah yeah yeah, I like hearing people, you know, new people who aren't part of the Songfight community or maybe they join after. I think that's great, too. Do you want to talk about Songfight Live? Yeah, so Songfight Live, I think, you know, fallback plan is we hosted here in the Bay Area. Obviously, I think we could do that pretty much any time. But I would love for it to happen somewhere else. You know, somewhere new would be great or go back somewhere where we haven't been in a while. Yeah, if anybody... It's up to the challenge. It's a lot of work, but I think the community has a lot of experience. We've written some, you know, FAQs and guides about what it takes and, you know, what you're expected to do. And definitely people have rallied in the past and, you know, done some fundraising or, you know, distributed the work in a lot of ways, brought gear. So, you know, maybe it it seems like an insurmountable task, but if you want to spearhead it, you'll definitely get a lot of support. So... You won't have to do it all by yourself. I'd love for it to uh, continue to be two nights. Ken was proposing one night, and I was like, oh, man, that kind of bummed me out. <laughs> but he was he was thinking, but what if we have to host it? Then one night would be better. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. But we'll see. I, I uh, was really hoping Spud or Fluffy would come to the rescue, and, and it would happen in Seattle, so, so it would be a real close trip for me. Yeah, I think that'd be great. We haven't been there in years. I haven't seen those folks in a little bit. Um, you know, it's been there a couple times and it's been awesome. So there's definitely the the history and, you know, Fluffy's the longest tenured fighter still around and, you know, Spud obviously Fightmaster and Octothorpe. So that would be awesome. I would be all for that. I'll have to reach out to Fluffy and see if they have any interest in that. That would be cool. Or, you know, some random place in the middle of nowhere. That's always fine, too. What yeah. about that L.A. song fight live, Ryan? What do you think about that? I am not a legit musician, so uh, <laughs> it's kind of like 
I, I don't know where it would be. Uh, I don't have any contacts with anybody or anything. I would be glad to work with somebody else who yeah. is also down in the L.A. area. And I don't know if anybody is, but I'd be, I'd be glad to do that and help to facilitate it that way. But getting me to do that would just be like picking some random person off the street, essentially. Uh, we, what we did there in the past was we did, you know, private. It was it was we had a couple private things at rehearsal places where, you know, you get you get the stage, you get all the gear. It's kind of like a package deal. You have to pay for it. It's more expensive, but it's it's sort of like so many of the details are handled for you all in one go. And uh, that can be really fun, too, even if it's not a public event. It can still be a really good time just to hang out and play music oh, yeah. and just just the fighters. That would be really cool. It's sort of like group karaoke, but different. Yeah. People still, you know, there's the, the fun part of forming the pickup bands and, and all of that, playing with each other. So, yeah. Well, I'll, uh, yeah. Do still it. Still think about it some. <laughs> 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 yeah. Somebody was telling Chumpy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit stop on the recording here. I just don't want this to be massively huge and we can keep talking. Yeah. <laughs>